the vision of Metro Church under the great uh, strength and grace of the Holy Spirit. So just good to be with you. If I haven't met you, come up and say hi in the cafe, whatever, after the service. Because church here is not just what happens here. Church is what happens outside of here as well. So thank you for that. All right. Well, this month, we have been focusing in again on beginnings. I want to give a big shout out, not only to all of you that are here, but I want to give a big shout out to our Mandurah family, gathering in Mandurah right now, to our family up in Newman, 1,308 k's away. Hi, everybody in Newman. Uh, Also to the people watching in other places around Australia, to the uh, church in Catania in Sicily, Pastor Spurlow, I think it is there. God bless you wherever you are. Uh, But in this, our 30th year, we felt God put right on our heart that what He wanted to do in this year was a year of beginnings. Our signature verse, if you like, was this one out of Exodus chapter 12 and verse 2. And it says this, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And we spoke in January and February about how God is able to give you, listen to me, God is able to give you a fresh start at any time of your life. You don't need to wait for a new job. You don't need to wait for a new relationship. You don't need to wait for uh, some great windfall to come your way. But I feel the Holy Spirit wants to say to somebody more than one here right now and watching right now, God wants you to know He can give you a new start at any time. He's not limited to the calendar. And so we have been watching this unfold before our eyes this year. There's been so much godly change, so many things that God is doing that have been shifting. And so today we want to pause and stop. We've called it Revision Sunday. Not revision as in just going back and rehearsing, but re-strengthening the vision that God has given us. And so today's going to be a little bit different. I won't be the only one speaking. In one of our recent staff meetings, my wife Rhonda, Pastor Rhonda, shared with us something that the Holy Spirit had given her about where we are right now. And so I've asked her to come right now in this message and begin to help you and I understand what God is doing right now in the life of this church. Here she is. Thank you. I'd like to read to you a brief passage from Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 22. It says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. It always puzzled me why Jesus, the Son of God, had to pray for somebody twice. But then one day I I realised that there was a lesson in this for all of us. As a church, our vision has never changed. When Jesus prayed for the man the first time, he received his vision. But when he prayed for him the second time, he got 
his focus. And while our visions never changed, I believe that God wants to touch us as a church a second time and bring clarity and focus to our purpose. Amen? Well done. Thank you so much. Uh, So today is not about new vision. It's not New Vision Sunday. It's Revision Sunday about bringing focus and clarity to all of us. And that's not a set of dot points about strategy alone or something like that. The heartbeat of our church has always been and always will be to reach lost people and to grow people that have given their life to Christ. We say it like this, to reach the lost and to grow the same. And a big part of that as a church, bringing clarity to that, has been some changes we've made that you will have noticed from before the service started. I've asked Pastor Hayden Glass, yes, the one from Red Frogs. Uh, I've asked Pastor Hayden and Leo McDonald, who's been uh, the leader of our usher team. But I've said, you know what? I believe God wants us to think of it a little bit differently. And so I've asked Hayden to oversee pastorally the whole welcome of our church. And so he's going to come and share with us some of the exciting changes that are happening that are coming our way. Thank you, Hayden. Here you are. There. Thanks, boss. So exciting. You know, each week we're excited about the things that are happening in the life of our church. And this Sunday is definitely no different. This is God's house and our home. And we want everyone to feel like a guest. The ushers have become the host team because we are hosting people in our home. We want everyone to feel hosted and welcomed as we do when people come to our own homes during the week. I'm really excited to be working with Leo, who's done a tremendous job. I think you'll all agree. And I'm excited to be coming alongside him and the team. And the focus that we're bringing uh, to our host team is enhancing the welcome that already exists in the life of our church. So you would have seen our team wearing t-shirts this morning and lanyards. It's all part of making our team easily identifiable to not just our guests, but to all of you as well. And they're going to create atmosphere. So with that, we need more people. We want the host team to represent our entire church. So we need you to join our team. Leo and I will be at the info counter after the service. Come and speak to us. We would love to be able to get in contact with you about how you can help us create this amazing welcome. You know, ushers tell people where to go. Hosts welcome people. And we're going to welcome people into God's house where everyone's a guest. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Cool. Thank you, Hayden. That's just a small bit of the changes that are happening there, but we're excited about it. But uh, Sunday services at Metro, I've got to be honest, I love this church. I don't just like it. I love it. If I wasn't the pastor, I'd be here because I love the dynamics of the Holy Spirit that for me are here every single service. This morning, it seems to me, because I'm human like you are, it doesn't matter how I come in. It doesn't matter what's been going on in my week. If you were to ask me, what's the highlight of your week? It's not in the travel to the places where I might get celebrated. It's in this home. It's in this house. Every single Sunday, being a part of the worship, the presence of God, the transformation and the growth that takes place in that. 
But we all know that church is far more than weekend services. This year, we took a significant step forward with uh, Jeremy McCraw and his family. Jeremy's come into the role of our church's general manager, as well as being creative arts director. And he's helping us to do Monday to Saturday church better as well. And so church doesn't begin with the first song, and it certainly doesn't end with the last song. And so here's Jeremy going to come and share with us some of the things that he's been getting going. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you, Pastor. All right. How's everyone? Good? I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for like a long time. So pretty much when I first got here, um, I just looked and said, you know, what can we do that's new? This is what we felt God doing. And so one of the things is how we welcome each other, not just in the Sunday service, but Monday to Saturday. And so we have, a, I think, a photo that we're going to show of how we did that 30 years ago, actually. I hope we have it because it's gold. There it is. Hey. Oh. Pastor Jeff looks just as dashing as he did 30 years ago. The Lord reigns. Let the Lord, let the earth rejoice. Yeah, so um, this is a real document. We did not doctor this up. And on the back, it is incredible. It has a whole letter. It talks about what's going on in the life of the church. It's got, you know, I think it says stuff like we're moving building. We are, um, what else is there? They have tapes and CDs that they're selling after the service. Um, they're talking about, you know, big events that are coming up. And so you read this and you're, it's shocking to see how similar the vision and the atmosphere of our church has been since day one. And so the vision hasn't changed and it's not going to change. But that video, that image we saw does change over 30 years. So today I'm really excited to share with you that we have a brand new church website. So, yeah. So that is the life of our church online. It's meant to do the exact same thing as a church newsletter would have. If you want to know what's going on in the life of our church, you want to get involved, there is an option on there for you. And it's just launched. We feel really confident with where it is now, but it will be getting even more um, easily connectable. So that would include things like if you want to join a connect group or a study group or even a coffee club, those, those groups are on there. You can tick that box and immediately send that off to our team, and we'll get you connected. If you want to get involved in serving, there's tick boxes in a serving tab. We've got probably 25 or 30 options, so there's lots you guys can do. And tick that box. It'll go right to the, the, the appropriate leader. We've got our events calendar, which is actually alive now. So when you go to our events, you'll be able to click export to your calendar in one go. And it's actually now a reminder on your phone, so you won't miss it, which I don't know about you, but I need that in my life. <laughs> I know there's a lot of other busy people in here, so that's awesome. And so just really watch this space. I mean, the idea is not to just have something that a new visitor or someone who's looking for a new church can be like, oh, wow, this church looks really trendy. I'm so impressed. Let me go to church. That's the overflow of something that's already really great in this house. And so it's for all of us as well to be connected and to be a real church family and to show that to everyone else around us. So I'm very excited about that. And watch this space. There'll be more things kind of tying in with that as well. So thanks. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you to Mitch, by the way, who I think is up there somewhere. 
Uh, Mitch has done so much work on that. It's just been great. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. We really wanted to shift the website from being something that people that are looking for a church go to, to something that we as a church family can make just one of the tools for our connection and our welcome. So it means if you've got a prayer request, you don't have to wait for Sunday and come and fill in one of these. You'll be able to log it on the website and immediately people will start praying for it. Uh, it's uh, mobile, smartphone friendly. So there's a whole lot of stuff. And I know some of you that are so into uh, tech stuff will go, well, that's not even new. Well, it's new for us and there's parts of it that are new for church. So I think it's going to be uh, just a brilliant thing. And there's a whole lot more, by the way, that you're going to notice over the next 30 days that you'll see not just on the website, not just with the Usher uh, host team, but with right throughout the whole of the place. We've taken seriously the word that the Lord put in our heart that this year would be a year of beginnings. And we've taken that as a word from God that we needed to obey, not just a word that we should celebrate. And so uh, there's a team of us that meet on Tuesday and we spend hour upon hour every single Tuesday gathering together saying, what are we seeing down the road? What is God wanting us to do? How are we preparing for our future? How are we preparing for growth? How are we preparing for the people that God is sending? And there's been so much of that, some of which now has just become part of our landscape. Things like yes texting. Uh, where people are making commitments to Christ. At our recent baptism, two of the people that got baptised uh, were people that began saying yes via text. And those things are now coming in, I don't know about last weekend, but the weekend before, the week before rather, 14 people texted yes uh, through in the life of the church. Yeah, I think we ought to celebrate that. It's a, a wonderful thing. And yet we just do that every week now and people are saying yes to Christ and making profound commitments. One of the things I love is that they're not just on Sunday in that moment where we mention it, but people are doing it all week long. Uh, I remember on Tuesday, Bruce gave me one number. Well, by Thursday, the number had changed again because there were people saying yes to Christ. And you know, those people are not just a number, a phone number to us. We've got a team of people that are praying for them all week long saying, God, that person, we don't know their name, but you know who they are. And really, we've just brought older calls into the 21st century pretty much. Uh, so I'm excited about a whole lot of stuff that's going on around about us. But I wonder if you've ever asked yourself, what does God need from me? Not what does God want from me, but what is it that I alone can bring to His kingdom? What is it that only we can do that even the angels, those mighty supernatural beings, what are we meant to bring that even they can't bring? What is missing in the kingdom of God? God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all the angels, etc. But I ask myself the question, what does God need from me? And I want to give these things through to you this morning. Then I'm going to show you a video that I think is quite profound of some people in our church who e exemplify everything we're speaking about on Revision Sunday. 
if I could put it all into a short video, it'll be this one you'll watch in a minute. But let me just speak to you briefly about what God needs from you. The first thing that God needs that the angels can't bring is trust. Because trust says, I know who you are. Trust says, regardless of my now, my future is not the result of randomness, but my future is the result of your goodness. I trust God with my tomorrows, regardless of what I see in front of me right now. I believe that He's good. I believe that He's going to help. I believe that He's going to move. Trust is not me relying on what I know about God. Trust is me relying on the God I know. It's quite different. I'm not relying on information or on a message or some moment of inspiration. I was in Adelaide this week speaking at uh, Edge Church and uh, at their leaders gathering. And that was a profound night. Uh, the Holy Spirit was so amazingly there. It was an incredible night, really. But I was saying to them, you know, that when I, uh, many, many years ago, when I trusted Christ as my Saviour, I knew that I needed somebody to break the bands of sin that were in my life. I needed someone who could forgive me. I could do all I could to lift my self-image, but I, I needed somebody greater than me. You know, there's, you can't be saved out in the ocean by someone else who's drowning. And so Christ needs, I need somebody greater than me. I need someone more than just another human being as great as all the friends, all the companions, all the advice, all the books may be. And so I was saying to them, we must never lose sight of the Saviour who still saves. His first name, Jesus, was given to him as the angel said to Mary, you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people. And so I want to encourage you, you trust in God. I want to encourage you, it's not all about you. It's not about how strong you are alone. It's not just about, can I grow? It's not just about what I'm able to bring. But come into the place of trust and say, I am trusting my Saviour. If you have been a Christian a long time, there was a moment where you said, Lord Jesus, I invite you to be my Saviour to save me from my sin, to save me from my past, to save me out of my brokenness. I need your help. Can I encourage you, urge you even, never leave that moment as though it's just a dot point in history. Continue to walk with the Saviour. Oh, He'll grow you and you'll get stronger and better. And I know you'll become more knowledgeable, more wise, more able and a whole lot of other things. But there'll never be a day in your life or mine, this side of heaven, where I won't need at times, and for me it's more time than not, to look up and say, Lord, you're the Saviour who still saves. Let's lean in. Come on, as a church, let's lean in on the Saviour. There's so much we don't know and we cannot do, but we trust the Saviour. We trust the Saviour who saves. I couldn't say it often enough. We trust the Saviour who saves. Listen, if you don't know Christ this morning, there is a Saviour waiting to save. And you know, if you were at the beach and you were drowning, how foolish if you said it was all up to me. 
How foolish if somebody on the beach simply yelled out advice and told you what you should have done differently, how your life ought to have been. If they'd said, you, you know, you shouldn't have had those six pies before you jumped in the water. You know you never should have done that. You know you should have had more swimming lessons. You know you shouldn't have gone out when, you know, nobody else is out there. You know, we don't need more people telling us what we shouldn't have done. We don't need people telling us to struggle more, try harder. We need a Saviour who sees our hand reached up and says, I'm going to come. I'll be there. And He's able to save. Come on. He's able to save, Scripture says, to the uttermost, them that come to God. You know, you can drown all out there just never putting your hand up, never saying it's me. Or else you can simply lift your hand and say, I need that. I need that. And I don't know how strong you are. I hope you're very strong. I like to think of myself as a reasonably strong individual reasonably self-controlled, reasonably well-disciplined. But can I tell you, there's a lot of things out there bigger than you, bigger than me. And I need a Saviour who walks with me. The first thing you can bring, the angels can't bring, is trust. Here's the second thing. And they might sound the same, and they are same to a lot of people, but they're not. The second thing you can bring, the angels can't bring, is faith. You know, the Bible says that the angels look into what is waiting for us and they look at it with envy. They wish, as mad as it sounds, they wish they could be on your journey. With all the ups and with all the downs, with all the great things that happen and with all your troubles, there is a power of the Holy Spirit called the power of faith. Faith is not a mental response to the promise of God. Faith is confidence in action. Go home and read Hebrews chapter 11. Every one of about the first 25 or so verses and every single one of them, you'll read things like this is verse four. By faith, Abel offered. Not by faith, Abel thought about it. Not by faith, Abel prayed about it. Not by faith, Abel said, well, I think somebody ought to. But by faith, Abel did something. Verse seven. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. By faith, he prepared an ark. In other words, he went and did something. Are you getting it yet? Hebrews 11, verse 8, By faith, Abraham obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he was going. See, faith doesn't stand still saying, well, I'm going to wait for God. Faith says I'm going to begin to act confidently and begin to move. You can bring that, come on, you can bring that to your journey. Listen, because I I just so much want everybody in this place to get a revelation of what faith can do in your life. No matter where you are right now, as dark as it might look, as bad as it might seem, as hopeless as it could be, can I say to you that Jesus never spoke about faith while they were reclining on sun lounges by the pool, sipping a pina colada. I've never had a pina colada, but I just know that it's some kind of drink. And I reckon if Jesus turned the water into wine, he probably could have turned it into a pina colada. All I know is this. All I know is this, that Jesus spoke about faith 
when there were storms crashing around about. He spoke to them about faith when the boat was sinking. He spoke to Peter about faith when he just begun to sink, walking on water. How nuts is that? See, you don't need faith for the easy days. The angels wish they could do the journey of faith. You get to do it in the incredibly difficult days. Come on. So, oh, Jeff, I don't have much faith. Well, thank God Jesus said you only need a little. Thank God he never said you've got to have a whole big ton of it. You know, and you've got to have gone to Bible college eight times and have a PhD in ministry and theology and eschatology and pneumatology and all other kinds of ologies. Thank God you don't need all that. Thank God what you need is a tiny little bit of faith that you've got and say, I'll use that for some of us. That's simply a prayer saying, Jesus, I'm trusting you with this. I'm believing and I'm going to get up and start acting like somebody that's going to see an answer from God. Faith is the second thing that you can bring angels. Can't. Here's the third thing is partnership. This of all the things, this one staggers me the most because 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, we then as workers together with him, also plead with you to not to receive the grace of God in vain. And I'm flabbergasted that God says, Jeff, I would like to make you my business partner. Hello. That is like Bill Gates going out and getting a grade three who doesn't understand computing, doesn't have an MBA, doesn't have a, a B. CS, is that what it is? Bachelor of Computer Science, I don't know, Bachelor of Science in Computer, I don't know. And got none of that and said, guess what? I'm going to make you my business partner. We'd all go, oh, Bill, that's a bad choice. Bill, that's a wrong decision. Oh, Bill, you have, they, they haven't got it. They haven't got enough experience. But God goes to you and God goes to me and God says, guess what? I'm going to make you my partner. Somehow or other, everything that's going to happen in the kingdom, God says, I'm going to do it through you. I go, really? Are you kidding me? But God, I'm not good enough. And he goes, you already knew that. But God, I'm not smart enough. He goes, hello, how could you be? It doesn't matter what it is. Come on, you can and I can become partners with God. The angels are ministering spirits, according to Hebrews. But they're never ever called partners. Wow. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a partner with God. How incredible is that? We are partners. Revelation 22 and verse 17. I love this. It's one of the last verses of the entire Bible. It says this, and the spirit and the bride. Cause that's us. Amen. Just look at the handsome looking person beside you, particularly if it's a bloke and say, you are the bride. Listen, the spirit and the bride I know of so many churches where the Spirit is saying, come and the bride's saying, not now. The bride's saying, go get yourself sorted out. You know, one of the things I've always loved about this church on day one, I printed out in that newsletter because I typed them up. Printed them out on a dot matrix printer and roneoed the something that's eaten 90% of you have never heard the word Ronio before. It's kind of like primitive photocopying. That's what it was. And on that first thing, we said we'll be a church where everyone's welcome. 
from the chairman of or chairwoman of the board to the humblest person in the street. And we talked about that because we've always wanted to make sure that we are saying what the Holy Spirit is saying. And if he's saying, come, I dare not say anything else. If he's saying, come, you can come no matter who you are. Doesn't matter about your background. Doesn't matter in this church, your brokenness doesn't disqualify you. In this church, your struggles, the things you're struggling with, you don't have to stay away till you get your act together. Come be like the rest of us. We're here growing as we are going. Let it be a part of your life. Here's number four. Fourth thing that you can bring that God needs is unity. Unity is not agreeing on everything. I've said it before. My wife and I have been married 39 and a half years and we still don't agree on everything. There's a whole lot of stuff we don't agree on. But you know, we've stayed married for 39 and a half years, not because we agree on everything, but because we agree on the main things. And in this church, you don't have to. Don't, you, you, might not, you might say, oh, Jeff, I'm absolutely into the rapture. What are you into? I'm going, I don't know. But I, I'm into Jesus is coming back, get ready. I'm not quite sure about it all. I've heard every kind of permutation. You might be one of those people who goes, I like this version of the Bible. And the person next to you likes something else. Well, that's not the main thing. The main thing is reaching lost people and it's growing the saved. It's that the Word of God is our rule for life. So there's trust, there's faith, there's partnership, there's unity. Here's the fifth and the last one. The fifth thing you can give God that the angels can't is fellowship. I'm not just called to act, to serve or to do. According to 1 John 1 verse 3, it says this, that which we've seen and heard, we declare to you that you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. He never said, this is my calling. He never said, this is, I'm an apostle. He never said, by the way, and I'm doing this and it's amazing and look at all my, my results. Too often in our world right now, everything is about my doing rather than about my being. And I'm all for the doing part, by the way. We as a church are doing a lot. However, we must never forget that our first call is the call to walk with God. And all the horizontal, everything that's done here is an outgrowth of the vertical, our relationship with God. Our vertical, if you say you're a believer, if you say you're following Christ, that's the vertical, there should be an outworking of how we treat other people and how we do life together. We can bring fellowship. The angels can't. Over the next three months, we've set aside three nights for prayer and worship. And the first one is on Friday, September 21. So that's just a couple of weeks away. And we're taking around about an hour. The youth are all going to be involved with it. There's another one on Tuesday, 16 October, then Thursday, 8 November. We put them on three different nights because not everybody can come on a Friday. So we want everyone in our church, if you can, we'd like everyone in our church to pick at least one. It's going to be an hour around about that. It's going to be about worship. And it's going to be about praying about specific areas of our church's vision, what God's called us to. Because you see, when we say the word of the Lord is beginnings, 
Well, I think we ought to be praying about the things that are beginning and moving on from that. So pick at least one and uh, we'll be giving you more info about that. Friday, 21 September is the first one, 7.30 right here in this auditorium. We started out and Rhonda mentioned the clarity that's always been there. Jeremy referenced the vision that was there on day one. That's never changed. I heard the story of these people that are in our church. They're both sitting here this morning. And I wanted you to get a little glimpse into what everything I'm saying here about what this church is about. If you're a guest here this morning, maybe your first time, I trust that everything here resonates with you. Maybe you're from somewhere else a long way away and this will never be your church. That's okay. Take some of the truths of it anyway. Take it back to where you are. Maybe you even are a part of a church where reaching the lost, growing the saved is not way up on the, on the obvious priority list. But you know, you could start living like that. You could start being like that because a church doesn't have a vision unless everyone in the church carries that vision. It's not about what we preach. It's about what we all do. It's not about what the slogan on the wall might say. It's how we live our life. I want you to watch this video and then I'll come back. Let's look. I'm here today with Trafine Williams. Trafine and her husband Jim and their two beautiful children, Joshua and Esther, have been a part of our church for, I guess, a couple of years now. And it is an amazing story. Some of you will have heard Trafine's story. And we won't go into all the detail today, Trafine, but you were raised in Rwanda. And in 1994, what we now know as the Rwandan genocide took place. You and your sister were the only two of your family who managed to escape the horror of those days. And finally... After that, you were able to come to Australia as a refugee and you grew up here. And I guess probably at that point you thought, gee, all my dreams have come to fruition. This is amazing. But you ended up as an adult getting married. Turns out the marriage was anything but a good thing. It was lots of pain. And then so a couple of years after that, you find yourself as a young single mum of two beautiful children going, where was all that? And where do you find God in the midst of all of what was going on? And so I just wanted to ask you, at that point of your life, single mum, two kids, the Rwandan genocide, a broken marriage, how did you feel about God? What was your feelings on what was happening? At that point, I was so broken, as you say, to the point where I told God, I, I actually said a prayer, and I told God, today's the day I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm done with the Bible, I'm done with Christian, I'm done with the church. Wow. So I was done, I was so angry that God has made all these things happen to me. Yeah. And um, most of the people who were surrounding me, that who caused that pain and the bitterness that I was you know, going through, they were Christian. Wow. Two of them were pastors. Wow. So at that stage, that's when I said, God, if this is really you, I have been going to church every Sunday. I believed in you. These are the people you placed around me, but mm. they have done nothing but to destroy me. I'm done. Wow. Yes. So you basically had said, I'm finished with God, with mm. his church, particularly with pastors. Mm. And yet the story doesn't stop there, obviously, because you're here. Mm. 
you've got a friend who's been your friend for quite a while who also has come to this church and God has begun restoring and healing her out of other parts of brokenness like we all have, I guess. And so into this story comes Wendy Messiah. And Wendy says to Trephine one day, I've been going to this church. I think you'd love it. What did you say when she invited you to church? Were you like going, yes, I've been waiting for the invitation? Or what What did you do? Well, the first I told her, I have promised myself and God, we are done. Right. I don't want to go to church. And besides, because of most of the churches I've been going to, you know, there was no much help for me. Right. Like, I never felt that I was growing spiritually. Right. Instead, right. it was, you know, breaking me down every day. So I told her, no, I don't want to go. But she was like, look, come once if you like it. You can keep coming. And if you don't like it, it's okay. But it's a nice church. I think you like it. So I said, okay, I'll come once. Wow. And that's what I did. We were on trial that day, weren't we? <laughs> now, <laughs> yes. You've told me the story since about when you came into the building. Mm. Tell us what you told me about how, what happened to you. So as soon as I walked into the church, there was um, worship going on because she picked me up. We were neighbors. So as soon as I walked in, I felt, to be honest, nobody, I can say, yes, you hear the voice of God, mm. but it, it comes in different ways. So that time when I walked in, I felt something's heavily lifted off, like wow. the shoulders, you know, the, sh- the weight that I was carrying on my shoulders are lifted off. Wow. I felt my heart that was hardened is softened. Wow. And to that moment I felt like this is where I belong. Wow. This is my church. Isn't that amazing? And the worship just broke me down. Then when it comes to preaching I was like, why haven't I been here for a long time? Wow. Yes. I just think it's such an incredible story. Not even the dramatics of all your background, but I love the simplicity that somebody who was journeying their own way back from brokenness gets used by God by the simple thing of inviting a woman. Can I ask you, was there some great light bulb moment there with Trophine, or did was it just you going, hey, I'm getting better, I think she could do the same? Or what was the yeah, that? A, a little bit of, of all of it, actually. I think, you know, through the brokenness, as Trophine has, you know, encountered, it was part of me as well. Wow. But I probably, being that bit older, you know, was able to sort of see those things, wow. to sort of say, well, okay, just open yourself up mm. and... You'll see, you know, what I've received, and yeah, you know, yeah. I love the fact that you did the inviting, <laughs> but then the Holy Spirit, knowing you've done the inviting, yeah. meets you yes. without anybody saying anything to you officially, mm. and the Holy Spirit meets you. I just love that. Thank you for sharing this story with us. I think it's such a powerful thing because I, I always wonder whether there aren't more trophies out there. You know, now you're a happily married mum. What a beautiful family you have. All of that, and it all took place out of one believer saying, I care enough to invite someone. So thank you both. Thanks for your story. Thank you, Trophine. Thank you, Wendy. God bless you both. Thank you for sharing that. Trevine's story, I've often said to her, if you write a book on your life, 
they'll make a Hollywood blockbuster movie out of it. It's that incredible. But I think the most amazing part of the story is one lady now, I, we stopped recording and then I asked Wendy the story. I said, by the way, I've never asked you, how did you come here? Well, it turns out someone in our creative arts was at a restaurant with her, her and her husband. She's here today and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but uh, there was no tables left. She spots Wendy sitting there alone. Wendy's not wanting to be alone because of what's happening in her life. But, you know, this couple, they say they do this a little bit. They go up there and felt like we should go and sit with this lady. So they went up and said, do you mind if we sit with you? She says, I'd love that. They ended up having a great night together. And uh, this person in our creative arts team says, by the way, I'm a part of this great church. I'd love you to come and invite her. Not really knowing whether she'll come or not. Next day, she's here in church. I met Wendy at the traffic lights. I know you won't mind me saying this because I'm walking out of church and at the traffic lights, I saw this lady weeping and I said, are you okay? And I recognized I'd seen her in church. And so one person led one person. The next person led another person. And Trophina has been leading other people since then. Reaching the lost and growing the saved. Today is not about websites. It's not about uniforms. It's not about all the stuff we're going to do out in the cafe area and all the changes that are brilliant. It's not about that. Today's about revision. It's about saying, what are we here for? What matters most to God? How do I get to be a part of that? A lot of us don't do those things because we think to ourselves, well, I'm not, I haven't got it yet. I haven't arrived. But I just look around and see people in all kinds of hopelessness and all kinds of brokenness. They don't need an expert. They don't need a PhD in theology. They just need a believer who cares. So let's pray together. Would you join with me right where you are? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Trophine, for Wendy, for all the journey that's happened there. We thank you for all the things you've done in 30 years of this church's existence. Some of them, Lord, we never imagined. We never dreamt of them. Some of them, Lord, are things you're revitalizing again. Thank you for the new song that the team wrote. Thank you for a new season again of creativity coming into the creative team. Thank you, Lord, for our host team saying we're going to make this the most welcoming atmosphere there ever is. Thank you for all the people who do everything. But, Lord, I pray for all the trophines that are out there. And I'm asking your Holy Spirit, would you help us to be alert enough to be courageous enough to make that simple invitation that can transform a life in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord. Amen. Amen. I mentioned earlier about needing a Savior. I love the simplicity of the gospel. I love the fact that Jesus saves And it's as simple as that. Jesus doesn't save the worthy. You know, if you're drowning out in the ocean, they don't come and say, you know, have you paid all your bills? Are you a good person? Have you ever committed any crimes? Oh, you have? I will let you drown. They don't do any of that. They don't ask you any questions. They don't survey you about your past. They just see a hand in the air and the lifesavers come to save. It's exactly like that. 
Jesus is not going to ask you. He already knows. He's not going to ask you about your past, where you've been, what you did, whose fault it was. He's simply saying, if you want to, you can come. I mentioned the yes text up behind me on the screen. or up in the balcony. You'll see it in the screens in front of you. The number's 0488-826-392. People that are watching this, wherever you are, or listening to the podcast, you can text that in 0488-826-392. And if you do, tomorrow morning at 7 or after you do it the next day, you'll get on one screen of your smartphone a Bible verse. You'll get a prayer that'll help you get started in how to talk to God. That doesn't come from some third-party group out there. This is from our church. That's how you can have confidence. It's all in-house. We do it. Costs you nothing. We never write and ask you or send you a text, ask you for anything. We simply want to help you grow in Christ. 0488-826-392. I want to encourage you. There's flyers out there that have got that number on them. If you say, I want to think about Good. Grab one of those so that you know it or just put the number into your phone. Text yes, you can opt out whenever you like. You can say, oh, don't want any more. What, what happens after the 30 days? Well, you get more uh, you can sign up for or not. I'm on to the one I got it this morning at 7 a.m. on love, I think it is. And so this is the one I got this morning. I don't know how many we're up to now, but Pastor Bruce has been busy writing all these. Don't be condemned by this, but certainly let it stir you to aspire to live this out. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let's love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And that kind of thing is what will come to you to help you to grow. Let me just again pray one more time. Uh, Jeremy, are we going to sing the new song? We are. Oh, good. Because I'd like to sing it again. Congratulations. I don't know who wrote it. That's the first time I've heard it. Congratulations, Michael Partha and uh, other collaboration, I'm sure. Well done, Michael. Good job. Thank you for... Thank you for leaning in because I remember the prophetic word that we had at the first Creative Arts team night in January this year. You're about to fly to America. And I talked about how we're a creative team, not a covers team. And that I believe God wanted to open up new doors and new songs. Thank you for leaning into that. And we appreciate that and all the team uh, and for their input. But let me pray if you're one of those people who goes, Jeff, I, I haven't said yes to Christ. Or maybe you say, I said yes once, but I haven't kept going. I need to say yes again. You can do that this morning. Heavenly Father, we pray for everybody, wherever they are. Lord, now with technology, I don't know where they are. They might be in their car listening to this off a podcast. They could be sitting in their home or in a cafe or on a plane. They could have downloaded it, Lord. And somehow or other, wherever they are, they're hearing not just my voice. They're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Say, come on, this is your moment. Say yes. I thank you for them. I know, God, that as they say yes and open up their life, you are going to come into their heart in a powerful and in a life-changing way. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jeremy.